People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I'm very excited to do this episode today. Um, I'm here with my partner Joe, as always. What's going on? Yeah, for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm Matt. I, I don't know where you've been the past 64 episodes. Uh, correction. Oh. You're not Matt. I'm not Matt. You're El Fantasma. That's right. That's right. I had a name change last week. That was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um... It's a special week for us. It's episode 65 for those who uh, have been following us since day one. Uh, whether day one or, or, or day 64 or whatever, episode 64, mm-hmm. thanks for, for tuning in and thank you, thank you. giving us a chance to uh, entertain you and, and maybe uh, give you educate you a little bit on, on some of our wrestling knowledge. It's a special episode because it's now post Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. And... Since January, you and I have been talking about it, whether it's just mentioning it or finally going through an actual card, but we have heavily endorsed this show, as many people out there have done so. I mean, it's not like this is a a kept secret or anything. Like, this was a big deal. Right. We're going to talk about Double or Nothing, and by doing so, I want to do a little bit of comparing and contrasting a little bit. Just real quick here, real briefly, because <laughs> it's important because there's a lot of, of, of comparing to another company out there right now with AEW, and that's WWE. Okay. Whether they want to be or not, whether we want it to be or not, the comparisons exist. So AEW finally had a pay-per-view in the month of May. It was called Double or Nothing, as we, we just mentioned. WWE had a pay-per-view in the month of May as well. It was called Money in the Bank. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> I forgot all about that fucking pay I'm not gonna run through this entire card because yeah, we don't have time for that, and nor, nor do I want to relive it. But so much of what happened at Money in the Bank is a slap in the face to everything that they put together. They tried to put together on that show, just in that main event alone. I, I want to go straight to the main event. Yeah, as we should. So. You have a six-man ladder match, right? Is it six? Yeah, six. Or eight, actually. Eight-man ladder match. Uh, Storyline, Sami Zayn isn't competing anymore because he was attacked. Uh, So now there's seven guys, and supposedly we got to wait for the eighth guy to come out later. So you have Ali Andrade, which I, I hate that, by the way. Like, they took... They took away their names. Yeah. Um, Anyways, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. This match, for me, was one hell of an entertaining ladder match. Yeah. It was unbelievable, some of the spots that I saw in there. It was was something that uh, hasn't been done in a Money in the Bank match in quite some time. I mean, there there was nobody that wasn't willing to take the spot and, and put their body at risk. Uh, Finn Balor, you and I have have been very much uh, tough on this guy be- yeah. because he's got he's had to go he needed to go that extra mile, 
And I'm not saying I'm a Finn Balor fan right now, but I will say this. My hat's off to his performance in that match. Absolutely, he, yeah. He fucking brought it. That spot he took from uh, Andrade. Oh, my God. Where he bounced off the ladder. like, And that wasn't the only spot he took. He no, took more afterwards. Yeah, there was like two or three in a row where you're just like, damn. Like, he's up on his back or you're going <laughs> to cripple him, you know? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a, a hell of a match. And why not end it that way? Why not end it as a hell of a match? Oh, and man. then out comes Brock Lesnar. Who does absolutely nothing, and he wins the Money in the Bank briefcase. Now, for seven guys in that match, you you know you know you're not going to win. Okay, you know it's not it's not going to happen. You see this asshole with that briefcase. You know what I would be thinking if I'm if I'm one of those guys. I was like, man, I wonder if AEW is hiring. <laughs> <laughs> because that was as much bullshit as you as you can come up with. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's fans that like it. There's fans that like this this Brock party thing that they're doing now. I mean, apparently the uh, the briefcase is a boombox or something like that. I don't fucking know. There's um, already t-shirts. There's our, there are t-shirts. You can buy it for a dollar now. Because uh, you can buy a good t-shirt and at regular price and then buy that shitty thing for a buck. Um, which is a daily sale because WWE can't sell fucking merchandise anymore. You had shit like that. You had shit like Shane McMahon and The Miz. Who, they, oh. could, they couldn't figure out what the fuck they were going to do. That was... Escape only. And there's fucking pinfalls being called. Submissions being called. Rope breaks. Yeah, it... <laughs> It was so confusing because, like, I heard I heard the announcers, whether that was a, a fault of the announcers or a fault of the ref or what have you, but it was like, damn, get get your story straight. Are, are you guys escaping through the top of the cage only or, or through the cage door? Well, see, and that's the thing. Like, we talked about storytelling. So, Corey Graves is making fun of the referee why is it somebody at Gorilla fixing the problem? Saying, Here, here's my thing. Shane McMahon runs SmackDown. He's got control to do whatever the fuck he wants. Kayfabe it. Say, oh, Shane must have changed the rules because he can kind of thing. Yeah. Instead, you're just making fun of the referee because he blatantly recognizing that he fucked something up. Well, you, you, and I, you and I have talked about, not to get too much off topic here, but right. you and I have talked about um, three-man commentating teams before three person commentating teams before mm -hmm. and how they really don't work and you know what I have to say I have to be a little more clearer about my statement and uh, what I'm what I mean by that is three person commentating teams in the WWE don't work well, see yeah and then that's that's I brought that match up in that situation up on purpose because all you got throughout that match, and I, I made the statement in that match, if you remember, they sound like a bunch of bickering siblings. Siblings, yeah, that's it, yeah. That's all it was. They were just they were they were just bickering at each other. They weren't evolving the match. They weren't telling the story. They were just and and it was childish because you had Corey Graves like uh, Renee Young would go to say something and and chime in with her two cents. And then he would reply with something stupid like, oh, you know, like some stupid comment about her hair. Yeah. You know, and it's like, really? Like, what are we, fucking teenagers? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, is, is that the crowd you're trying to, to grab here? Because if so, you're doing a great job, but you're alienating everyone else. So yeah, I, I pointed out that 
because we're gonna we're gonna compare that a little bit later. Okay. I mean, they had some good matches on there. Rollins and in Styles was was a was a solid match. It was solid. I mean, it wasn't uh, wasn't quite five stars. If we're gonna do a star system here, <laughs> um, and then, and then Kingston Owens again another another decent decent match. Yeah, you know, yeah, so absolutely. Um, there was there's some good to this, of course, but there's a lot of bad. And and for me, you end it with something like Brock Lesnar, who you just got rid of, and he comes back, fine, you bring him back, but immediately, immediately you have him fuck over seven guys who literally put their bodies on the line. Well, seven of seven of your roster that you are perceiving as your top talent because yeah. they're in the main event. Yeah. And it's like, wow, what a way to fucking undermine all seven guys at once. And and so you know, and, and the thing is too, it, it's appropriate that the guy that was on top of the ladder when the bell when 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 Brock Lesnar's music hits was Ali, because God forbid we develop young talent in this business. He got which, bloodied up too from that fall. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if he he bit his lip or just hit his lip or bit his tongue. But yeah. Whatever happened to him, he was bleeding quite a, quite a bit. And that's another thing that we're going to uh, compare. With this next show, because we're done talking about Money in the Bank. This is not a Money in the Bank show, thank God. This is an <laughs> AEW <A-double, laughs> Double or Nothing show. It took place May 25th, MGM Grand Garden Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. Guys, it, it, it's fi- it was finally here. It finally yeah. came. It, it's gone. It's done. It's over with. It's a little sad that I'm saying that. Before we, we before we we talk about it, you and I we didn't get to watch it together. No, I. Uh, you had some. You 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 were with family. I was. Uh, shout, family. Shouts out to my Minnesota family. Uh, love you guys. Um, I know one of you is probably listening. I had such a fucking blast, and it did. It was it was uh, it was kind of a last minute decision, but we we ended up going and. I had to miss it live, but I did get to watch it afterwards. Yeah. So, thank you, thank you. Glad to have you back. Thank you, you know, man. Uh, Shouts out to Mr. Wrestling 6. Uh, to Happy birthday. Happy birthday, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, a good friend, Bean, and, and, and uh, someone we had on the show before, Mal. She, she was there with us, and we got to watch it together. We got to watch Money in the Bank together as well, so we got to see the, the bad and the good. Uh, of course, the only bad for for that night was, of course, Joe not being here. But again, shout out to his her, family. Her and I have already uh, started talking about how small Kenny Omega's nipples are. Really? Yeah, I think think he's probably got the smallest nipples in professional. Kenny Omega's got the smallest nipples. Yeah, check it out if you don't believe me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I trust me. I've I've seen his nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Before we before we start breaking down this card, I just I want to get first initial thoughts. You watch, you're you're more fresher on it than I am. So yeah, I'm, double or nothing. What, I'm I'm uh, I am now like six hours removed from watching it, brand new, fresh fresh in my face. So what's your take? I've been dying to, to hear what your take is on this. It it was it was fucking phenomenal. It 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 took me back. It gave me that sense of nostalgia. Um, from the the mid to late '80s uh, NWA, 
where you had you had your ultimate variety show in professional wrestling. You had that emotional roller coaster and everything was pretty much fucking spot on. I mean they had, you know, technical glitches and you could tell this is their first time all working together. Yeah. You know, people had a few messed up promos or what have you, which is fine. That's you know, things are probably gonna go that way your first time around. But to be to put on this caliber of a show uh, as your first show, y- you really couldn't ask for anything more. It was it was fucking great. I I enjoyed every bit of it. I told you before we we started recording, I cried. I cried during one of the matches, and uh, as as most people did. <laughs> and that just goes to show you, like, damn, um, they they delivered. They they absolutely delivered on uh, <laughs> on on what they promised. Uh, really quick, we always have <laughs> wrestling on in the background. I couldn't do it. I couldn't stay and, quiet. And, and we're we're <laughs> laughing about. They just showed. Uh, we're watching uh, the WWE Network, and we're watching uh, an old episode of WCW's Monday Nitro, the Ju- July eighth edition, which was the night after '96 Bash of the Beach. There you go. And uh, very infamous Bash of the Beach. And they just <laughs> they just showed a promo. A teaser promo for the arrival of Glacier. So and that he, sums up Glacier's yeah, career when we so, giant tease. So he hasn't come. He hasn't come <laughs> there yet. But I'm laughing because we did get to see him at uh, Double or Nothing. Yes, as part of the Battle Royale, the Casino Battle Royale. Oh boy! And you know, I I always I forgot he had the fucking mist spray that he did, and it supposedly froze his opponent. So when he did it to Sunny Day. I'm like, oh shit, not this again. <laughs> and he did it twice. And you know, kudos to Sunny Day for pulling it off. It was great, but it was it was just it was so fucking comical. Uh, you couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But uh, what a hell of a show, man! Hell of a fucking show. The way that I would describe it is, is the way that the legendary Gorilla Monsoon described WrestleMania three. It was indeed a happening, you know. It, it's it's exactly what it was, you know. You and I have have talked about it. And you said it perfectly on the show a few weeks ago. This is one of those once in a lifetime shows. Yeah, you know, this is not going to be. This is the beauty of it. As good of a show as as, as this was, this is not going to be the standout show. No, by any stretch of the imagination, but it was the first. Yeah. And we got to witness it, whether it was live or whether it was a few days later, we got to watch the first of its kind of, of, of a company that hopefully in 20 years from now, we're doing a 20 year, if we're still doing this show, yeah, maybe bigger, better, you know, pastures for us, doing a 20 year anniversary of the first time we watched Double or Nothing mm-hmm. and, and see where the company has gone f- since then because everything is is going in the right direction everything and and it all it all starts from the beginning you know you getting off on the right foot is so important for any company from beginning to end they did exactly that and the worst part of this show the worst part about it the sadness of it being over because it was sad good you just you were watching something special all night long. And it was one of those shows, too. I was with, you know, with friends that, you know, I care about a lot. And we were having good conversations. But even then, I just, I was 
so captivated by what I was watching, it was almost like nobody was there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you are that lost into something, you know that what you have is special. And uh, it's been great. It's been a great few days talking to a lot of you people out there. Uh, those that were pro-AEW, those that were anti-AEW, a lot of us are on the same page now. There's still those that are defiant, say, no, this, this, this company sucks. <laughs> And that's fine. I mean, you can live in your own little world. That's all you want. I've had I've had a, such a huge reaction from WWE marks that watched it, and were just like, "Wow, like this is this was really good." Yeah, we told you to believe in the alternative. You know, support professional wrestling. There's other there's other things out there. You can still have your WWE, but now you have something else. That may or may not captivate you in ways that WWE can't, and it all started with this particular show, and uh, we're gonna get into the card right now. Actually, um, we're gonna start with the pre-show. Pre-show, actually, the the first match of the night was was an important one because there was added stipulations just a few days prior to the event. Yeah. So you had the twenty-one man casino battle royale. Uh, it was done differently this this time. Uh, instead of a regular battle royale, you know, you had instead of twenty one guys being in the ring all at the same time, you had waves of five. You know, for the first twenty, and then number twenty one got to enter last all by himself. Uh, but the importance that was added to this is that the winner of this match is now going to compete. For the inaugural AEW World Championship at a later date, mm-hmm. so this is pretty fucking huge. Absolutely, yeah. Forever's gonna win it. Um, I'll just uh, before we we'll talk about how we what we thought about the match. Um, the first wave, which we call the clubs, was uh, Dustin Thomas, MJF, or Maxwell Jacob Freeman, Sunny Days, Brandon Cutler, and Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> uh, the the diamonds were, were Isaiah Cassidy, Jimmy Fucking Havoc, Joey Janela, Brian Pillman Jr., and Sean Spears. The Hearts Wave Three was Billy Gunn, that Glacier guy we talked about, <laughs> uh, Jungle Boy, uh, Mark Quinn, and Ace Romero. It's a big boy, by the way. He was. Uh, and then the the final. Group of five, the Spades, were Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, Sonny Kiss, Tommy Dreamer, and Orange Cassidy. And in the final uh, entrance, the Joker, the man that was supposed to have a singles match on the, on the main card, but didn't happen that way, uh, Adam Page, the hangman himself. Yeah. You mentioned the style of, of, of how they did the, this battle royale. Mm-hmm. What's your take on it? Like, was was this something that battle royals should be more of, or because battle royals are usually clusterfucks? Yeah, it's you know, especially the, the start of it. It's just you got way too many guys in the ring. You don't know where to watch. The ca- even the camera guys don't know where to go. You end up missing a lot of action. Guys get lost in the shuffle. So here, here's my take on on this particular battle royal. First off. Kudos to them for sticking to their theme and involving playing cards right. 
as part of a you know the Las Vegas casino gambling theme. Sure. And and uh, it was a nice touch. Yeah, it was a nice touch. Um, the other thing was the incorporation of those rules, the 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 waves of guys. That was fucking genius, and I didn't really realize how genius it was until I watched the actual Battle Royal. Uh, I, as I was telling Matt before we started recording the episode, there's all this new talent that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. And are tuning in for the first time to see and are, are curious as to what these guys have to offer, but they're stuck in a Battle Royal. What do we do? Yeah. You put them in waves. You've got, what was it, four or five guys at a time? Five guys at a time. Okay. Yeah. So you got five guys at a time. What better way to start off the match and for three minutes let them have at each other? So you got three minutes with five guys, and those guys get to do spots and kind of showcase what they're about. Yep. And then after that three-minute mark, boom, you've got another five guys come in. And guess what? They get added to the fray. But the overall... Uh, pattern here was you got to see all the talent in there do a little something something for themselves to get them over and to get the product over and i thought that was fucking genius Mm -hmm. like what better way to do that and i hope i hope this becomes uh i hope this gets copied by other yeah. other organizations, and I'm not saying it, it's strictly WWE or what have you. Because sure. let's face it, if we're if we're speaking factual, the WWE is notorious for their Royal Rumble spots, and this I'm I'm not saying this was a, a copy, but at least even if it's one percent. A little bit that a little bit of that creativity from from the what we know as a Royal Rumble spot has somehow made its way into the Casino Battle Royale. Yeah. You know? Which is fine. Right. It's totally fine. It works. But they took it somewhere different. I'm not saying they upped it. You know, I'm not... This isn't a a pissing contest for me. Sure. It's just about advancement of pro wrestling. And I fucking loved it. I loved the execution. Like you said, it's usually a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't get me wrong, it was, but it was a very entertaining clusterfuck. <laughs> you again, you uh, you start off with Dustin Thomas, MJF, Sunny Days, Brandon Cutler, and Michael Nakazawa. With the exception of maybe MJF, none of those guys have a name amongst no. amongst the general like wrestling fan, right? Uh, so you give them. A few minutes to, again, like you said, to, to say, okay, now I know who Michael Nakazawa is. Now yeah, I know Na- who... Nakazawa was getting huge pops, but come to find out, he's a local boy, so yeah. of course he's gonna get you know. Sure. Pe- they know, people in Las Vegas know about Michael Nakazawa. Exactly, you know, but the, you know the, the next the next wave you had Jimmy Havoc, George Nella, Pillman Jr., guys who have a little more established, a little more, mm-hmm. you know. Then you get Billy Gunn, then you get Glacier. Jungle Boy is not necessarily well known, but he unfortunately kind of became a little more well known this year with the passing of his father. Yeah. Um, Luke Perry is a well known actor, uh, so he you know he has that. Tommy Dreamer, of course, was in the last uh, was in the, the last group. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy who's definitely one of the most well known guys in this battle royal. But I love the fact that first one, the clubs, were guys that had no names. You know, you they established right away. 
here at AEW, we're gonna we're gonna we're going to establish young talent. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna give young talent a name. It's not gonna be, hey, we got Chris Jericho. We're gonna run with Chris Jericho all the time. We're gonna establish young guys too. Um, I'm interested to know where they're gonna go with the title. Had Adam Page not been in this match, you know, for those who don't know, Adam Page was supposed to fight Pac, as we talked about on the show. There was uh, just an issue with uh, creative, essentially, and and, and Pac pulled out. Uh, So I left Adam Page without a match, and so he did this. I don't know if if, if Adam Page and Pac were supposed to be for number one contendership or if they were going to do that or if this was always going to be this way. I'm curious to know what happened because this was announced literally days before the event. Yeah, I'm not sure what was supposed to happen. Uh, I was under the impression that it was it was supposed to be Pac versus Page, and Pac was supposed to lose. Yeah, Pac didn't want to lose. Well, now we're hearing Pac was supposed to win against Page, but then lose to Kenny Omega. Okay, so, so uh, here, but things here, are getting changed. Yeah, yeah things are getting changed. So we're hearing two different things, but either way, I heard that he was just unhappy with creative, right? And he didn't want to, um, he didn't want to lose. So, this is, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get too far in, 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 on the subject. But, you know, one of the companies that I, I push so much on the show, Defiant, uh, he's doing business with them, and he set to fight their champion, Defiant champion, uh, Rampage. Love that guy, love Rampage's work. I mean, are we going to see yet another boring ass double disqualification or count out? Because, I mean, or does he want to get over on all the talents? I mean, does he want to get over on their champion, but you can't get over? At, you know, I get it. He's a Dragon Gate champion. You you want prestige in that belt? I get that. But you you already give prestige to that belt because you have a belt that a lot of people here in the United States don't know about. And here we can plug that title. You could still lose. Losing isn't everything in this business. You know, you give them a hell of a back and forth match. There's no dishonor in losing a match. No, there isn't. Ask Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, some people, some people uh, kind of agree with with what he did. I, I first of all, I don't. I mean, you you agree to do the match. I mean. I, I guess AEW should be at the blame too if if they didn't establish anything sooner. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's unfortunate, but I'm just curious. My my point of bringing it up is I'm curious to know if Adam Page was going if, if somebody else is going to be the guy, right? Or was it going to be Adam Page? Because Adam Page was not supposed to be in this match originally. Uh, but uh, Adam Page ends up winning it. Uh, MJF was the last guy. He ends up surviving all the way to the end. MJF. Uh, they definitely established him as a uh, future go-to guy. Rightfully so, too. I'm, I'm, I love the fact that uh, you got to see that buckshot clothesline because it's been a while for me. He nailed him pretty he good, He nailed him too. good, too. Jesus. He's got a lariat that Stan Hansen would cringe. Right. If you saw that, you know, if you could see. If you could see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, that's we, we love you, Stan. Yeah, we do. Don't don't hurt me. <laughs> but um, hell of a way to start the show. Hell of a way to start the pre-show. 
it's exciting. It's just exciting. There's a lot of action going on. There's a lot of storytelling. A lot of uh, a lot of gimmicks that you see with George Nella and a cigarette. The the hardcore aspect with Tommy Dreamer and Jimmy Havoc. I mean, fucking Tommy Dreamer got stapled. You got hit with a staple gun. So did George Janela. So did George Janela. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to see a lot of different styles. You got to see Sunny Kiss. You got to see the uh, the flamboyant, but also very like well-rounded wrestler that he is. Yeah. You know? Luchasaurus is another guy, the powerhouse that he is. and He's a big boy. He's a big boy. I, you know what? I mean, I've seen him before, but I, I guess I just didn't take note of just actually how tall he is. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn. Like, yeah. He's been eating his fucking vitamins, that's for he's sure. He's definitely a big boy. He's, he's a powerhouse that can move like a cruiserweight. Man, shouts out to fucking Ace Romero. If you guys aren't hip to Ace Romero, check out some more MLW, uh, Major League Wrestling, uh, available on Fight TV. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Uh, you can watch it for free on fight. Every and Tuesday uh, night. Ace Romero is a big, big boy. And to see him do fucking cruiserweight moves in that ring is fucking just, it's, it's awe-inspiring. We're talking about a 400-pound guy at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not like. I tell you what, he does a fucking better, uh. Tope Suicida than fucking PCO. Oh, my. At least, yeah, at least he hits somebody. Yeah. Just jumps out of the ring. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, there's there's guys that I didn't know a whole lot about. You know, some guys I've heard the names, but haven't haven't seen too much of their work. This is what pro wrestling is, man. This yeah. is what it is. It's, you know, you and I, we're, 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 we've been dubbed smart marks, and I, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, thanks. But uh, we don't know everybody. No, and I'm, we don't. I'm, I'm happy to learn names. We, we've told we, you know, I've said that before. I, I'm sure you have too. Like it is impossible to keep up with all these fucking wrestlers. You know, you, and all these companies. It's just impossible. I, I write it down. I actually, what I do is I'll take notes. I'll write it down. Like watch this, this, this. And what ends up happening is I gotta start deleting shit off my list because like, <laughs> I can't. I just can't. This is too much. There's too much to do. Uh, you know, I, I wish. Uh, like if this was like my my nine to five, I'd do it all day long. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'd work a shit ton of overtime too. Um, but uh, but yeah, just it, it's not possible. So you know, thankfully, you have a plethora of other guys and girls that do that work for us, so they can put together this type of show, this type of match. Um, the pre-show ended with a singles match between Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara. I want to compare a little bit too again. Sure. So go back to Money in the Bank. Your pre-show was Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Tag, yeah, tagging against the Usos. The Usos. And it was an okay match. But there was nothing... Nothing stood out about it. No. Now, I want to go back to the old days of pre-shows. Back when everything was on pay-per-view, standard pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Remember the days of Free For All or, or even Sunday Night Heat where... They would put on matches and plug the pay per view, and do everything in the power of like, man, like you really need, you really need to watch this show. Yeah. Now the pre show, I get you and I watched it on the WWE Network, but the pre show is also available on YouTube for free, uh, and I think a couple other websites where you can watch it for free, and if you like it, subscribe to the WWE Network and watch the regular show. The pre-show gets looked at nowadays as, well, we, got, we don't got anything for you, so we're just going to put you here. 
you know, go out there, have fun, kill some time, and that's it. Pre-show back in the day, or if you go to other sports like UFC or just MMA in general or boxing, the pre-show is a way to put on actual fights. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you like this, we got this for you later tonight. Right. So make sure you order now, 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 so you get the pay-per-view. It's a great way to showcase your talent while also trying to plug the pay-per-view. So if you were a last-minute shopper or or, or uh, on the verge of doing it, or here's another example. When you go to a grocery store, you know, you have the magazines, you have the candy, sometimes you have movies, whatever it is, impulse buys. If you're yes. an impulse buyer, well, look what we got for you. Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara is that match. Yeah, oh yeah. Two guys that are young talent. I've seen Sammy Guevara a few times live. Mm-hmm. I don't get the fucking panda thing, but I, I'm a fan of his work. <laughs> uh, Kip Sabian is a guy that I... The name sounded familiar, but I, I just could not put a face to the name. Same here. I, I, I'm, sure we, <laughs> I'm sure I've heard of him. I'm sure we've heard of him. I might have even seen him live, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, he just was not ringing, ringing a bell for me. And uh, I mean, that's not a... That's nothing against him. No. But uh, for me, I just I couldn't place him. And you have... So you have two guys. They go 10 minutes. And they put on a hell of a fucking wrestling match. They did. A lot of high-flying spots. A lot of spots where it's just like, holy shit. Like, that's... That was, that was intense. And this is the pre-show. Yeah. If I'm potentially going to be an impulse buyer, I see this match. I hear... The commentators plugging the match or plugging the show. I might be inclined to say, you know what, fuck it. I want to see what these guys have to offer because this is pretty badass. Especially if I watch that Battle Royal too. Yeah. Like, this is this is entertaining. They're doing a good job plugging it. Like, this is pretty badass. The pre-show is not designed to put a garbage match on it. Just to put on a garbage match. The pre-show is your last-ditch effort to sell... Your main product. That's why you give it away for free, because the rest of the, you know, it's it's like, hey, the, if you like the appetizer, you're gonna like the rest of the course. Mm-hmm. You know, the actual the actual dinner, and this is this this was the match. They and they did that, and for me, I, I think this is a perfect example to where you see the differences already in WWE and AEW in the pre-show alone. Where it's like, we're not putting together bullshit matches. Yeah, we get it. Our younger guys are doing the pre-show. That's fine. But first of all, our younger guys are badass. We know they're badass. Because we only hire the best of the best. And we're giving them an opportunity to showcase that talent. And we give them a legit amount of time. And we don't interrupt their match. <laughs> yeah, very important there. Do not fucking cut away from the fucking match. Plug it, plug the show before and after the match, and verbally plug it during the match. Yeah. But don't cut away from the fucking match. Oh boy! But overall, it was a great, it was a good, fun match. Yeah, it was absolutely. A, it was a good way to end the pre-show and a good way to start the main show. So we get to the main show, and we get, uh, you know, you 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 get the whole thing from the elite and all that stuff, and that's great. You know, it was a good good fun moment. SCU comes out and uh, they they start the show. Uh, Christopher Daniels, Frank Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, 
they do their whole bit. The crowds, the crowds definitely pumped. You can feel the, they're ready to go. And then they take on the team of Stronghearts, Shima, uh, T Hawk, and L Lindemann. Six man tag team match goes um, almost fourteen minutes. That was a hell of a way to start off that show. The I was, main, the main I, show. I was worried about this one just for a little bit because uh, the commentators definitely needed to put the match over and and kind of clue everybody into the rule change. Yeah. And they did it. You know, shouts out to JR and crew. They definitely did that. They definitely uh, let you know and made it clear, like, hey, this isn't like any other six-man tag now. You know, company rules are... It's a 10 count. Once you're tagged in, it's a 10 count before your partner has to get out of the ring. Yeah. Which JR ended up putting it over splendidly by saying, you know, five counts are old-fashioned and we need to move with the times. So um, after that was established, I felt a lot better about the match. Mm-hmm. All, all six guys did a hell of a job. And you can tell. You can tell... You can tell they wanted to be there. You can tell they were all excited. Yeah. Um, again, it, it's just it's a, a fucking an appetizer, if you will, of what's to come, because they have much more of this yeah. on tap for us. Oh yeah. You know, with a, a, a plethora of other guys, not just the six that were in the ring. You know, there's a whole other company out there in the form of OWE. That, that like their entire roster is like that, <laughs> and and then sooner or later we're going to get to see a majority of that roster. So I'm I'm excited, and and again, shouts out to those six guys, including Sima or Shima, however you want to pronounce it, um, to see him and, and Christopher Daniels back at it again after all these years, and that's a great moment. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. great moment for wrestling fans. I made the comment. And I ate my words shortly afterwards. Uh, I said, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, I was like, they're really having a hard time keeping up with these guys. <laughs> and they were for, for a bit, but it was, uh, as soon as I said it, uh, Christopher Daniels did a suicide dive outside the ring. <laughs> I think he hit uh, a Lindemann outside of the ring, and he yeah. hit him hard, too. And I was like, damn, okay. Like, I, uh, I regret saying that. <laughs> but... Um, what I loved about it, too, one of the things that we've talked about so much in WWE is uh, they're... He took a little kid's chair. <laughs> well, he's a nasty boy. He's a nasty boy. Um, but uh, we talk about... Um, and, and there was something that was actually discussed throughout the, the, the post-night, uh, post-AEW Double Nothing show, was equality and, and the use of diversity is the better better term here. Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian are two well-known guys. They're two established guys in the business. Christopher Daniels has been wrestling almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous shape. Uh, Frankie Gazarian's been around for a long time, too. Uh, obviously, uh, Sima, same thing. Those guys had their moments, but they let the other guys shine. Because that's what... The, it's, it's all about past, present, and future. Everybody's got to have their moment. And what I loved about this was that you know, SoCal Sensor got the win, but Scorpio Sky was the one 
they got the win for the team. Yeah. And I, I know Scorpio Sky isn't, you know, you know, a young lion type guy where he's been, you know, he's brand new to this. But compared to his other two teammates, he's the baby of the group. He is. And he could have easily have just accepted the win. His team got the win, and they're good to go. Instead, he's the one that gets the victory for the team. He's the one that they got they got over. And I thought, man, that was really good booking on everybody's part. And, yeah, again, diversity, too, because you know we're going to talk about throughout the show is that you have people that look like so many different other types of ethnicities out there where you don't see that in the WWE all the time. You know, it's it's predominantly a white company. Where here, we already have white, black, and Asian all together. Um, something that was... It's not just me talking about that. It's something that's been discussed throughout the tenure of AEW. It's just that they are looking for a diverse group of individuals because, you know, it's the... The, the best of the best, not just the best of one different, one type of person, if you will. So I thought that was a really cool way to start off, too. And, and it was a very subtle way. It wasn't like they blatantly did it. Yeah. Like, hey, the black guy won, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it was a very subtle way of doing it, but it was it was still really cool. Well, um, even JR with his commentary, I mean, I out of the three of those, I think I was most worried about him, even though Alex Marvez was, you know, kind of lacking. Yeah, but I was worried about Jr. because let's face it, I mean, you know, him working for New Japan was t- tumultuous at best, right? You know, and uh, it's it's nice to see him back in his his own groove, and, and clearly he's comfortable with what he's doing, and he's not sauced up, and he's got his shit together, yeah. and it's like having old Jr. back, right? Um, but it did worry me a little bit to see where and and how exactly he was going to comment on a lot of these matches. Because let's face it, it's one thing to work for a company like the WWE and be a part of the Attitude Era and do women's matches and things like that and hardcore matches. Right. But then to work for a company like AEW or something more current where it isn't just... You know, it, you're not watching WWE Divas fight. You're watching legitimate female pro wrestlers. Right. You know, um, we got to see Aja Kong, which was like, dude, that took me back. Mm-hmm. And the, that whole Joshi six-woman match was like, first of all, it was phenomenal to watch. Second of all, it was really interesting to hear JR talk about it. Because uh, he, you know, he... He's old school. He's he's of a different era, and he's going to make verbal mistakes sometimes because he's not used to most of this. But he did a good job. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, he Aja Kong came down the ramp, and he's like, "Well, you won't find her in the in the kitchen making biscuits," and that was great. Yeah. Like that was that was that walk that fine line between oh that's too much and oh that's not <laughs> enough for me anyway. So yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about women's ma- uh, women's wrestling here because that was the next match. Um, you had uh, Dr. Britt Baker versus uh, Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray in what was supposed to be a three-way match, but that was altered right before the match started. Brandy Rhodes came out and announced that uh, there was a fourth 
participant and up being the returning to pro wrestling Awesome Kong. Holy shit. Like, I saw that happen, and I'm like, I can't fucking believe my eyes. Uh, awesome Kong, for me personally, she she's one of those that had so much potential. And don't get me wrong, she did a lot yeah. while she was around the first time. But um, she decided to go a different route and start a family and stuff. And, you know, kudos to her. She also and, acted. Yeah, she also acted. She wanted to do different things sure. other than Russell. Sure. Which, you know, I'm not mad at her for that, but all that momentum that she did have went away. Oh, yeah. But but I'm okay with that because I wasn't too happy with the company she was with. And You mean uh, WWE? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> we can name drop here. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, it, I think it did, did, her, did her a lot of good. I think it did her a lot of good for her to come back and come back in this manner as opposed to come back to WWE. Oh, absolutely. You know where she would have been in WWE? She would have been a better working Nia Jax. Oh, yeah. That's all she's going to be. At the, at the very least. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm excited to see her back. You know, you, again, you can't fault somebody for wanting to start a family and all that stuff. Um, again, she's also, she also did acting. She was, uh, for those who don't know, she was, um, plays a pretty big role in the, in the show Glow. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a very good job in that. Um, but she's back to wrestling again and, and she looks incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Uh, you definitely saw a little bit of, of, of rust in her, but you know, that's to be expected. It's been about three years since she's yeah. been in the wrestling ring. Kylie Ray's entrance was... One of the first where I got to see how emotional this night was for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she essentially fought back tears coming down the ring uh, during her entrance, and it was it was one of those surreal moments where it's just like, man, like this means so much not just for us as fans, but for wrestlers too, because it's it's an opportunity to. Be on a big stage, but be yourself. Yeah. You know, not... Yeah, let's face facts. If she's in WWE, they probably would change her name and she'd be something different or, or whatever. She'd be you. Bailey 2.0. Yeah. I mean... That's basically it, yeah. yeah. You know, here she gets to be who she wants to be. Uh, shouts out to her, by the way. She's a, a gra- recent graduate of Governor State University. No shit. Congrats. Right, yeah, right in our backyard. Yeah, so, yep, yep. Uh, that's uh, that's 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 awesome. You know, got got to give uh, got to have love for uh, for locals there. Um, but Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Kelly Ray, Awesome Kong. What'd you think of the match? They go about a little over eleven minutes. It it was um, I think the the match length was was great. I think um, I think the spots were were pretty pretty good. Um, watching Awesome Kong lift everyone else <laughs> out of that uh, corner for yeah. that uh, gigantic power bomb was just fucking crazy to watch, especially with her being gone for so long. Right. Um, it it was uh, it, it it is what you want from from women's wrestling. Yes. You know, and and again, you know, let's let's. Let's talk about two more aspects of this while we're at it. One, the historic value. They, they're they all participants in the first women's match. 
Um, Ever for the company. Ever for the company. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously there's the first winner, the first loser, things of that nature. Uh, You know, same thing happened uh, and and was talked about during the uh, pre-show, during the Guevara match. Like, hey, this is our first singles match. Someone's got to win, be the first winner. Someone's got to be the first loser. Right. But, uh, yeah, this is what you want. This is, this is, you know, for, for you and I, when we go to shows like, uh, you know, Black Label Pro or, or what have you, this is what we expect. This is what you're there to watch. This is women's professional wrestling, at least here in the States. You know, when you, when you start bringing in the international flavor, that's a little bit different. Sure. But... More or less, this is what you're looking at. So you're going to see women get suplexed and and do, uh, as Jr. said, surprising as it may be, they are doing everything as good or better than the men. And and that's what I thought about the match. God forbid that uh, women are uh, are treated like wrestlers, <laughs> right? You know, I mean that again. You know, I've had that conversation so many times. It, it was great growing up seeing bikini contests and all yeah, that stuff. Like, but it, don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. shitting on heterosexuality. I'm, I'm, I'm as straight as they come. Yeah. Ask my wife. <laughs> but while it is uh, eye candy for me to watch a Brandy Rhodes or, or whomever, that's great. I, it, that's fine. I get it. And, and as a heterosexual, that's what I'm supposed to do. Sure. But. If she's in there to wrestle, guess what? As a wrestling fan, I want to fucking see her see, wrestle. <laughs> see, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I have, I have, I always use these, these examples because I have wrestlers that I, I, mean, I find super attractive. You know, an Alexa Bliss, a Priscilla Kelly, yeah, a Sasha yeah. Banks. You know, I, I, I love watching these girls, and, and you know, I think, wow, like they're beautiful women. But if I'm there, if I if I'm if I'm putting on a wrestling show, I'm not there to fuck. I'll just say I'm not there to be aroused. I'm there to be entertained as a, for for wrestling. Yeah, that's what I'm watching it for. And and the same would go for whether you're a homosexual, or if you're a female heterosexual, whatever you want to see men wear not next to nothing and, and and say, wow, what a body, cool, yeah, awesome. That's... But at the same time. Are you there for that, or are you there to watch the wrestling? Well, yeah, because let's face it, after it, you you can only do that so much. Yeah, and then they're in a ring, and you're going to expect something else. Yeah, you know, you, you just are. Yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it was at first I was a little, I was a little uh, a little worried about why why this was like the first or, or why this was put on so early in the match, mm-hmm. it was early in the card, in the card. but. Uh, you know what? I thought it was great because you made a good point here. Now, this was the first women's match ever for the company, and because there's another women's match we're going to talk about, you actually already you know, briefly touched on um, that t- that takes place. But this was the first, and Dr. Britt Baker can say she's the first woman to win a match for AEW. So uh, hats off to her. Uh, she's definitely, for me, she's definitely improved a lot. Cause I, I used to, yeah. wa- when I watched her before, I was like, she's got talent, but she's, she's missing something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's going to be a, a big part of the, that women's division for a long time. Hopefully, uh, next match was a real fun one. You had, uh, best friends, Chuck Taylor and Tremperetta 
and uh, uh, taking on the team of Angelico and Jack Evans in a in a tag team match. This was um, this match was made about less than a week prior to the the show um, happening. Uh, best friends were originally supposed to be part of that battle royal. They got bumped up to the main roster in a tag team match. Uh, this goes twelve and a half minutes, and this was a this was definitely a wild ride. There was, a, I'm sorry, there was not enough. That was, that twelve and a half minutes wasn't <laughs> enough. Um, I I am fortunately a little bit familiar with the tag team of Jack Evans and Angelico from their Triple uh, A stints. They are the longest reigning set of Triple A tag team champs. Okay. So um, I knew a lot of Jack Evans. Yeah, Jack so. Jack Evans from the heavens. <laughs> uh, th- both of those guys are fucking tremendous wrestlers, and Jack Evans never ceases to amaze anyone. He will the moment you see you you think you've seen everything Jack Evans has to offer. He turns around and does thirty other moves. Yeah, and uh, he's he's one of those guys. He's really fucking cocky, but he backs it up. Um. And uh, I've heard other wrestlers talk about him and and working with him, and they all say the same thing. Like, he backs his shit up. And, and just when you think you have him where you want him, he's not there anymore. He's behind you, and he's already done two or three moves to you. You know, it's that kind of, he's that kind of a wrestler. Right. But he uh, he's so fluid, he, uh, he he's able to put everybody over with, with like, such fluidity. It's great. I love Jack Evans. I love that tag team. It was good to see him come back and, and do the show. And um, against two guys in the form of best friends, like I, I, I wouldn't want uh, their first stint here in AEW to be against anyone else. I thought it was a great fucking match. Chuck Taylor especially is a guy... Because you... All right. Team of best friends, they're they're they're, they're an intriguing tag team because uh, they don't necessarily do a lot of high flying spots the way that uh, their opponents do, but they're very uh, adaptable. Oh yeah, very much so. Especially Chuck Taylor. Um, that that for me, I I knew that from his days in, in uh, pro wrestling Gorilla and his matches against Ricochet, um, and how he's able to not only compete with Ricochet, but also be on Ricochet's level as far as the, the high spots and all that stuff. Uh, Trent Beretta is a guy that, uh, to me, was one of WWE's worst decisions to let that man go. Yeah. Uh, hell of a wrestler. And you had a clash of styles, but also a good collaboration of a mixture of, 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 different, of different backgrounds coming together. It was a fun fucking match, and uh, this is what I love about like a company like AEW, where there's no storyline to this, there's no gimmick to this, but at the end of the day, this is one of those standout matches where you and I can agree and say, you know what, twelve and a half minutes wasn't even long enough. No, it wasn't. (laughs) It was. It should have been longer, because it was so fun. It was just such a fun match. Whatever happens with these two teams afterwards. It doesn't matter at this no, point. No, it doesn't. That's it's it's amazing because that's storytelling without ever actually even telling a story. Yeah, and and that's beautiful. What, that's beautiful. what yeah, that's what pro wrestling should be, always. 
you know, it's two guys or, or, you know, two participants or four participants or what have you getting in the ring and just mixing it up. Yeah. You're going to get that clash of styles. You're going to get guy, uh, you know, people who do all the same style. And that's the story. The story is style versus style. And um, just all the participants, you know, giving it whatever they got. And that's that's how you build that organic story in professional wrestling. Yeah, and I, I hope that uh, I don't know as far as Angelico and Jack Evans is concerned. I don't know where their contract is. So, I don't either. I wish but, I knew. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I imagine this is, could be one of those situations where it's uh, shared talent with them in AAA. Uh, I would love to see these guys do more stuff though, stick around for a while. Oh yeah. But uh, best friends, they're gonna be they're they're definitely part of AEW and, and and the forefront of that tag team division. There's so much more to come with them as well as well as so much more to come with this uh, with this episode. But for now, we gotta take a time out and pay some bills. So stay tuned for part two of our uh, double or nothing recap show. This episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew is brought to you by GameStop. GameStop, where you can buy new and used video games, consoles, and accessories. Got games you no longer play? Trade them in for cash or credit towards a new game to add to your collection. Become a pro member and save even more money on your purchases, trade-ins, and even get special offers not available to everyone else. If games aren't your thing, GameStop has a wide range of toys, apparel, board games, and other collectibles including pop vinyls, including exclusives not sold anywhere else. Visit us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash GameStop to find out how you can get started. And remember, power to the play. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, episode 65 of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. Matt and Joe back at you. Doing a double or nothing AEW recap, and uh, what a hell of a show it was! We're currently on the sixth match on the card, involving some international talent. Uh, this was booked kind of like last minute. I didn't even know about it until uh, until I sat down and watched <laughs> the show. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised. Cluison, um, Cluison, who the uh, the teams were. Alright, so you had uh, the team of, and, and I apologize if I'm if I butcher these names, I'll do my best. Uh, Hikaru Shida, Riho Abe, and Ryo Mizunami versus the team of Yuka Sakazaki, Emi Sakura, and the legendary Aja Kong. I remember being a little kid and getting a hold of. Uh, one of the very few Japanese tr- uh, tapes during my tape trading days. Um, yeah. Which was common back then. And uh, one of the matches had uh, Aja Kong on it uh, against Bull uh, Nakano. So when I saw her come out, I was like, holy shit. I had to do like a triple <laughs> take. <laughs> she, for those. For those who don't know, she's for me. She was also the the only one that I knew going into this match. Mm-hmm. Um, again, don't know everybody in, in professional wrestling. Always willing to learn names. Asha Kong was uh, a little 
I guess a little tidbit here, was set to be the the front runner, the, the face of the women's division in WWF uh, back in the 90s. But because of the now infamous women's championship being thrown in the garbage yeah. incident, uh, she can thank Alondra Blaze or Medusa for the fact uh, for for not only not winning that title, but also essentially losing their job because they cut that division altogether. Yep. Right after that, so uh, and Aja Kong, that was her ticket to becoming big out here in the states. And she would have. And she would have been. She easily would have. And it didn't happen because of that unfortunate situation that had nothing to do with her. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you got names that, you know, you never heard of before. Some interesting goofiness. Uh, I mean, uh, Sakura, she has like this, uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, she, she came, she came to the (laughs) ring cosplaying Freddie Mercury, uh, his actual, his actual, uh, Wembley Stadium outfit from 1986. And I always find it amazing with, um. Japanese wrestlers and uh, and their infatuation with Western civilization. Yeah, it's, that's it's, always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to the T. I mean, mustache and everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, overall, I mean, it, this was uh, you know you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know a lot of these participants. They're given a little over thirteen minutes, and for me, this was. A super fun match. Very fun <laughs> match to watch. Um, it was interesting to see the size differences. Uh, I, I forget. I think it was uh, Mizunami who was like next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, Pro- probably like 95 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Really small girl. And she's she's taking a beating from Aja Kong. And just absolutely just, just hanging in there with her. It was... It wasn't just one time in the match. It happened multiple times. I, I was amazed by that. Um, but yeah, this is a lot of good back and forth there. Some good spots. Uh, high flying spots. You saw some good technical wrestling. It was just a good way to introduce more wrestlers to the forefront. Uh, one one uh, quick note here. Usually when it comes to women wrestlers, Asian women wrestlers... Usually, the cuter the persona, uh, the the more like the more tough they are yeah. in the ring. Uh, whether they're taking the beating or uh, dishing it out, I mean, some of the shit these these uh, women can do is just fucking crazy. Like, and and again, like I said, she's probably ninety five pounds soaking wet, and having to go <laughs> up against um, Aja, I mean. That that is a feat in and of itself, um, and it, it really made the match more interesting because you're looking at her as your your normal fan. You're just like, what in the hell is she gonna do against her? You know, right? Yeah, but you know, overall, like, everybody had such a, a great uh, a great match, and uh, I mean, it was just again such a fun fun thing and and a great way to learn new names. And uh, I had such a fun time with it, you know, going into the match. Immediately here, uh, we we were kind of joking, just like, man, I don't know, I don't know what to do with this match. You know, some <laughs> some somebody even said like, well, this would be essentially your bathroom match, and and it wasn't necessarily meant to be disrespectful, just because. But it's like, look, I don't know what to expect with this. 
And, and it ended up being a really solid overall match overall. And it, it was a good way to... Because one thing we haven't really touched on yet was match placement. It's a good way to continue on that, that, that high-paced style that you saw in the previous tag team match. But then a good way to get the crowd exhaust, like amped up and ready to go. Because what they're about to see next is going to blow their fucking minds. Yeah, yep. By that, oh, by the way, uh, Hikaru, Shida, Riho Abe, and Ryo Mitsunami pick up the victory. Again, the match goes a little over 13 minutes. Very solid match overall. Now we get a little bit to the meat of the card. Everything else was great. Yeah, Everything yeah. was phenomenal. But now we get to more of what we've been waiting to see for a long time here. And we start off here, uh, Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. And, you know, this was brother versus brother. This was generation versus generation. Um, you also got to remember, too, Cody and Dustin, even though they're brothers, they don't necessarily have the best relationship or, or <laughs> have the best relationship. That's true. So uh, there's, there's that. But uh, before we talk about anything that happened in this match, we got to talk about Cody's entrance. So, the, the first thing that you see in Cody's entrance is a throne with the cross uh, and skulls. Yes. Very, uh, very familiar sight, if, uh, if I do say so myself. Sure. Cody's music comes out. There's, uh, there's here, out comes Cody. Out comes Brandy Rhodes. Not acknowledging the throne really at all. Just coming out to the ring. Brandy no- noticeably walks faster than Cody down the ring, and she walks down and then she goes underneath the ring, lifts up the uh, the skirt. ring apron, the skirt, whatever, and uh, proceeds to grab a sledgehammer. That she hands to Cody, her husband. And these are now making sense to me what's about to happen. <laughs> uh, Cody immediately turns around and makes a beeline to that throne. And then proceeds to hit it with the sledgehammer, breaking the throne. As uh, Brandy says a line of tear it down or something like that. No, she says break it down. Break it down, there you yeah. go. If that ain't fucking symbolism, <laughs> no, t- take that back. If that ain't a fucking shot, I don't know yeah, what is. You know, I got two things to say about this. One, suck it. <laughs> no, Eric <laughs> Bischoff came to my mind right away. Okay. Controversy creates cash. Yes. It's a good then, book, by the way. And then two, um. I'm not quite sure what exactly is going on here. So, uh, you know, it, it's been touted before the, the card from multiple places, including the AEW camp. Like, hey, we're not in competition with the WWE. And we are offering an alternative. But then they go and do stuff like this. And you have to wonder what, if anything, has changed their mind, <laughs> or is it just a lack of communication amongst representatives of the company? Um, 
I do want to say one more thing that might give this a little more um, perspective. You got to remember, um, don't get me wrong, the things that I just said, that was where my mind leapt to immediately. Yeah. So I am, I am, I have fallen victim to this just like everyone else has. But in hindsight, if you think about it a little bit longer, think about the match. Think about the context of the match. This is personal for both of the Rhodes brothers. If I'm not mistaken, Dustin, after the fact, in his post-match interview, which I also want to talk about uh, for something else, but in his post-match interview, he referred to the WWE not by name, but as a prison. Yes. Cody has also come out and uh, voiced his disgruntled opinion about that company and what they have done to his family. Yeah. You know, he the man can't use his last name to perform. So, uh, which I don't know if you caught that too at the beginning of the match when they were saying their names. They said uh, Cody with Brandy Rhodes, but the way they put Brandy in there was like almost muted so that it sounded like Cody Rhodes, uh, <laughs> which I thought was really fucking cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... T- Thinking about it a little bit longer, this whole entrance of his, I hate to say it, I fell victim to it too, and and I my my smart mark mind, if you will, immediately thought, oh shit, there there goes a shot. I don't think it was the shot that everybody uh, think it is or thought it was. Okay, I think it's just uh, something that's very personal, and hey, you know that company and Triple H kind of told them like. Hey, you're not gonna be. We don't want you to be anything but, you know, stardust and gold dust, and that's it. You know, you can't be anything else. And that was pretty much a big personal fuck you to Triple H. Not necessarily the WWE. You and I say it so many times. There's a reason why we get along so well. <laughs> it's because we generally have the same thought process. Um, I, from the get-go, after watching that, did not think that this was a shot of competition. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't believe, so, Cody has since stated that yes, that they are in competition with WWE, because in reality they are. If you really think about it, that they're, they're the other wrestling company, you have to look at it as competition, but... More importantly, they're in competition with themselves to get better each each time. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that shows success. You're not there to beat the other company. You're there to beat yourself every single time. And then, by doing that, you beat the other company. Um, this was not. I, I don't. I don't look at it as, as a shot at like, hey, let's uh, let's do this. We're, we're going to war. You know, my company versus your company. This was everything you just said. This was a guy in Cody Rhodes that did not want to leave WWE initially. But he wa- he wanted to be a top guy. He wanted to be a top contender because he knew he had the talent to do so. Yeah. 
and they told him, you're Stardust. That's, yeah, that, that's all that, you want. Yeah, that's all we want from you is Stardust. We don't care about your aspirations of winning championships. Right. Advancing your career or your legacy. We just want you to throw on some face paint and follow your brother out there. Do your job. That's it. And that's it. And so he asked for his release because of that. And he was granted that. Another one of those mistakes. <laughs> and again, Cody Cody had a lot of, of growing pains. You know, time in, in, in uh, Impact Wrestling, his time in uh, GFW, you know, got time you know, times like that to finally going to Ring of Honor, going to, you know, the Bullet Club and and establishing a name to the point to where he was able to take that risk of all in and then take that risk of double or nothing and be a part of AEW. For me, what that represented was what he said at the end of All In. Was that, you know, no man, no entity, no company owns professional wrestling. That we own professional wrestling. And by him breaking down that that throne, that was a sign to say that, again, no one person, no one company has a right to say who's going to make it in this business or not. You, as the individual, have that power to decide whether or not that that crowd's going to get 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 you over or not, or be or you're going to get over with that crowd or not. And that was for me. That was Cody saying, "I made it. I did it. Even though you told me I couldn't do it, I did it. And now we're doing it on my show, show that he put together." Yeah. So, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I don't think that was a shot of war. I think it was a shot of, I did it without you. I also want I also want our listeners uh, to sit there and think a little more about this too. Uh, let's face it, they are Cody and that company are highly capable of firing off uh, a first shot when yeah. it comes to war. Uh, much better than that if they so choose. Yeah. You know, I think that's some food for thought that people also need to take into consideration at this point. They really, really wanted to start some shit, they would, and they would do it better than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, um, that, I think that's it. That's all you're going to see of as far as that goes. Yeah. It was, again, it's, this is the first show. This is a big fucking deal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and, and again, you know, you look at you go back to All In. That was a show that was dubbed not possible. It was not possible to do that. And they did it. And now they they have a whole other company. And there's a, a plethora of people out there, including you WWE marks, that said, like, oh, they're, it's a glorified t-shirt company. This is, this is not going to work. This is going to fail. And it, this worked. And it's you know, Cody said perfectly. He's like, I burned every single bridge I had left. I'm he said, I'm completely like all in with with the, with the AEW and I wouldn't want it any other way. But he's like I can't go back. I can't go back anywhere else. Not not after tonight. And he knows that. Yeah. He knows that. And that, to me that's it's a guy with everything to lose. And because of that you're going to see a really good product in the making because his name is on this on this fucking bill now. Absolutely impressive uh, entrance, and then you know out comes Dustin Rhodes, and uh, 
You know, he's got the Dusty's favorite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's he's got his own thing going on too. But let's talk about the match. It goes twenty two and a half minutes. If I haven't said it already in the show, I think I did. I'm gonna say it right now. Professional wrestling is when done right. It is the ultimate variety show. Yes. It's a combination of, of everything, something for everybody. You know, and here you have a match that we were excited about going into. But let's face facts here. It, it's probably, probably, I got to keep this, this is the key word, not going to be match of the night. And the reason why is because, well, Dustin Rhodes is pushing 50. I don't think he can hang with Cody in that, in that sense. But Coming off a double knee surgery. Coming off double knee surgery. I got bad knees right now, and I'm 29 <laughs> years old. You know what I mean? I know what that's like. Not to that extent, obviously, but I get it. How in the hell are they going to, you know, bounce back, bounce from that, you know, what's been a, a hell of a night thus far, and then get people excited for the Bucks and, 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 and Lucha Brothers and then Kenny and Jericho later, will they do it the way that the American Dream would do it? They told a story. This is right here is storytelling 101. Beautifully done. This was a story match. It wasn't supposed to be a great technical wrestling match. It wasn't supposed to be a high-flying match. It wasn't supposed to be this or that. This was a story being told, and that's exactly what happened. And before we get into the details of this, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. It wasn't supposed to be, but for me, this is the best fucking match of the, of, of the card. Bar none. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely <laughs> was. And, and again, I, I found myself... Uh, completely enthralled in the match. Um, this is something that I've been waiting for since before All In. When, uh, you know, Dustin Rhodes took to social media and kind of put it out there, um, cryptically albeit, that uh, he was he was kind of just wanting to wind things up with that other company and... You had Cody respond with, "What are you doing in September?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. And for here, you know, here I thought for sure, like, there's a shot. There's a shot. I get to see these two guys, not even necessarily go at it, but just be on the same card, and that would have been enough for me. But then, this happens. This gets booked, and it's brother versus brother, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" I, like, my interest peaked ten tenfold. You know, not only do I get to see both Rhodes brothers independent of WWE, I get to see them face each other as they are meant to be. Yeah. As Cody, the American Nightmare, and the natural Dustin Rhodes. Who had that on us? I have waited a long, long time to see that man again. (laughs) This was, um, this was a roller coaster, man. It really was. They started off a little slow, but you expect it to be. Um, but it was from the get go, like you just you, you saw the emotion. 
So, yeah. I mean, right away, I mean, the, the fans ch- chanting Dusty, obviously, yeah. was going to add to that. And, and just, you saw, just, you saw two guys that just, like, were just soaking the moment in. They had a they had a back and forth. They were trading, you know, move for move. And then Cody got into being the heel. And he did it very well. And you're like, man, you know, that's his brother. He's being a mean little motherfucker. <laughs> And you're just, you're so into it. And then, you know, Dustin comes back as the baby face. And, and then, uh, then that, that spot hits where he gets busted open. And I know he said what he said during his post-match interview about how Brandy hit him with a cane. Yeah. Which is fine. But, uh, you and I, as the smart marks we are, saw something different. <laughs> so he might have, uh, he might have cut himself a little too deep there, but, um. Yeah, he juiced. He juiced. Yeah. And, and that's fine. <laughs> if, if he's just trying to sell the match. Hey, he mentioned they went back to 1986. Why, yeah. why not just go fall out? Yeah, I juiced, right? man. He just juiced. <laughs> And I was I was I was telling Matt if you go back if you, if you're watching the replay go back right after she spears him, and he's uh, laying on the on the ground next to the ring, they cut away, and they show Cody basically like shaking his head no because the referee Earl Hebner by the way, is uh, about to kick Brandy out of the the arena, and they eventually cut back to her on the floor. And you see him kind of jerk his head back really quick. It's 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 uh it's it happens, but it happens very quick. And I told Matt either he either he knew he cut himself too deep then and there, or he cut himself too quick and it hurt like a son of a bitch. And then he found out that he cut himself too deep. Yeah. One way or another, that's where he juiced. And immediately he gets back up and he is drenched in blood. Uh, I love the way Excalibur was commentating about it because he was like, I think Jr. said, "Oh, he's, he's, uh, it looks like he's, you know, blood's dripping from his face." And they're like, "No, no, 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 he's sweating blood. That's how bad it is, you know." And it was. He he cut himself pretty nasty above the eye. It was a scary moment for for a number of reasons. One, obviously, you're always concerned about a guy's safety in that ring. When uh, you got a cut above the eye, but you're also worried because it's like son of a bitch that's going to end early because he's losing blood. He's losing, he's losing blood. a lot of blood. <laughs> <laughs> he's losing blood, and and there were spots that we you you especially noticed. I noticed it too, where he's definitely groggy. He's yeah, not. He's not yeah. all there, and you can tell it's like son of a bitch. Like, and I and I, I remember calling it yeah you know, as um as as we're watching it live. I was like. Whatever you guys are gonna do, you gotta pick it up the pace now, and uh, which makes the match even that much more dangerous. Because if you do that, guess what? That blood's pumping out even more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that when that heart rate's going up, that the that blood's being pumped out. <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it's a tricky situation when it comes to uh, when it comes to blood and dealing with that. And uh, I was surprised that they end up going. As long as, as they long did. As long as they did, yeah. And they, they they kept doing it. They kept doing it. And there was, um, I'm glad that they did, that they were able to, and that Dustin's okay, because that blood added to that match in a way that they didn't plan that it would. 
there were there's parts where you know uh, Dustin Dustin's in the in submission and he's got they pan it on his face and he's screaming in agony and that blood's dripping down reminds you a lot of Stone Cold WrestleMania 13 WrestleMania 13 yeah and it, it just it was beautifully written in that sense, you know, and, and whether that was meant to be the case or not, I don't think it was. It it worked. It it added to everything. I was pleasantly surprised with the the false finishes in, in this match, Co- uh, so especially with Dustin using some of Cody's old gimmick uh, taunts at him. I enjoyed that <laughs> a lot. Uh, just a ton of great back and forth, and just an exhausting, emotional match. That couldn't have been written any better than what it was. So the match ends, and the 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 ring is just completely drenched in blood. <laughs> and the you know Cody Cody uh, you know spoiler alert here Cody wins. Cody rolls out of the ring and he's he's making his way up the ramp, but he stops and turns back around. He gets back in the ring, and you're thinking like, what the fuck is he gonna do? Yeah, because he's uh, been a heel throughout the night. Yeah, so you're thinking the worst. At least I was thinking the worst. And is what better way to get yourself over as a heel than to just become another uh, another level of it? Yeah. And uh, Dustin's in the uh, corner, the bottom rope, just kind of sitting there, and he's crying because uh, he really thought this was going to be his last match. He wanted to retire, and that's the first thing out of Cody's mouth. You don't get to retire tonight. That's not what you're here to do. And uh, he says, you know, we got a show coming up, and I put my name down for a match against uh, who he thinks the best tag team in the business is right now, the Young Bucks, and he needs a partner. So the fans react with, uh, you know, a lot of positivity towards that statement. And he says, but I don't need a partner. Yeah. And then that quickly changed. But then he said, I, don't, I also don't need a friend. And then his face teared up just as bad as everybody else's. And he says, I need my old brother. Yeah. And, dude, I fucking lost it. I'm about to lose it right now. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that, for me, that cemented that match for me. Like, there's no way... At that point in time, there's no way. I don't care what else went on the rest of the night. That was match of the night right there. Because there's yeah. nothing else on that card that's going to be that emotionally driven. No, no, not at all. And uh, it, it was it that right there was the final, the, the final chapter of what was one hell of a story that they told. Yeah, in that match. I mean, again, as I, as I mentioned, they 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 talked about it in pre-show and during the match. Cody and Dustin, they're brothers, but they didn't always have the best relationship. It's very true. And it, it was almost like living vicariously through them, and 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 you know, almost thinking of of you know my relationship with my brother, and you know, Mister Wrestling Six and his relationship with his brother, and to have an opportunity, even one time, one more time. To team up with your brother in a you know in a fight against another pair of brothers that you love and respect in, in their own right, it's just like to live through that yeah. vicariously through them. It's like man, what what an emotional ride! And I remember, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna name drop anybody right now, but uh, there was there was definitely some uh, tears being fought back, you know, as we're watching it here, 
And uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it either. I've watched that bit many times <laughs> since then, and then each time it gets me every single time because of of just the raw emotion. And, and and you know, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a TV show. It could be a movie. It could be music. It could be a book. Whatever sports or sports entertainment. When anything is done right. The raw human emotion wins every single time. And that's what it was here. Because this is not, this isn't kayfabe anymore. Right. <laughs> this is, this is just <laughs> two legit, two, two guys, two brothers that, whatever it is, you know, the, that they couldn't get along with, for throughout their, their life, doesn't matter because... Dustin's going to wrestle one more time, and he's going to do it with his brother, not against his brother. And, I, you know, win, lose, or draw, I don't think it's going to matter. I know they're going to put on a hell of a show. And if it stays this way, I'm very proud to announce right now that I will be there representing the 20 by 20 ring crew because that's supposed to happen in Jacksonville at Fight for the Fallen, which is a great show because uh, I believe at least half – of the the doors going to victims of gun violence, yes. Uh, so that's that's awesome too. That it's our it's shaping up to be a great card, and if I get to see Dustin's last match, or even if it's not his last match, I don't want it to be his last match. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if it is, I mean, what an honor for me to to be there and, and to see that. So, uh, uh, you're absolutely right. That that solidified the fact that this right here is match of the night because. The other matches are going to be phenomenal. They're going to be great, but there's something about having a good, ma- a great match, and adding raw human emotion to it. Yeah, you're so much more invested than than anything else, and uh, I'm very proud of that match as a, as a fan. Very proud of that match, and what a way to set the bar. Um, real quick here before we move on. To talk about uh, Cody real quick. Cody is, is has been the brainchild of All In. He's been the brainchild of Double or Nothing. And this is and I remember talking to uh, Mr. Wrestling Six about this. One of the reasons why I I know that we're gonna be all right with with AEW. Cody is uh, one of the top. I mean, I get there's checks and balances. He's not the you know the head honcho or anything like that, but he's got a lot of pull. If you notice, All In and Double or Nothing, now the time he's in the main event. And I think that speaks volumes of, of where he's at as a, yeah. as, a, as a booker. I mean, he knows he's a draw, but you know what? Jericho and Omega, they're a bigger draw. Yeah. They should be in the main event, not me. And I think that speaks volumes of, of who he is. The same thing with the Bucks and, and, and Lucha Brothers. That's more of a higher profile match than what I got. What they did set the bar too high. <laughs> but going into the card, yeah. I, I just I, I thought that was really it's really cool to see somebody that's not too egotistical. So yeah. before we, we get into the, the final two matches, there was a they, there was a presentation of the AEW World Championship that uh, they saw Bret Hart come out with the, with the belt and everything. Um, Adam Page comes out because he is now going to compete for a the AEW yeah. Yeah, yep. World Championship. 
But you, you you mentioned the promo of MJF, Maxwell Jacob Freeman comes out, and uh, he's demanding Hangman Page to give him that title shot. Yeah, he is. He antagonizes Bret Hart. He antagonizes the entire locker room. The point of what I'm trying to bring up here is even though he didn't win the Battle Royal, this is what AEW is going to do. They're going to build up younger talent because just like that, MJF put himself as a top contender for that world championship. Yeah, he did. And uh, I just love, I love the fact that we are, we're, we're bringing up younger talent and not only putting them on the card and giving them time to shine, but saying, we're going to run with these guys too. It's not about just the same guys over and over again. It's going to be the young guys as well, and uh, that right there was a good was a good show of of of, a, of what's to come in the future. MJF did one hell of a job on that promo, and I think he fits completely well in this company. He deserves that kind of a push. If you're not familiar with him, again, he's one of those guys you can catch pretty regularly on. MLW, Major League Wrestling, for free on Fight TV, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Again, sign up through us. Not that you need the credit, but we're going to give you either 10 or 15 bucks for signing up as a new user through us. And you can use the credit to watch whatever you want on Fight TV. But if you want to check out some MJF for free, you can do it for free through some MLW episodes. And I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Absolutely not. So, the next match is the only championship match of the night. It's the Young Bucks, Steve Matt, and Nick Jackson defending the AAA World Tag Team Championships against the Lucha Brothers, Team of Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. Uh, this right here, I mean, this had a story-driven match, too, because this was uh, the Lucha Brothers... Who are trying to uh, exact revenge and regain those AAA World Tag Team titles against a team of the of the Young Bucks who are well, the ring rusty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only two matches in in the year of 2019 prior to this match. Yeah, and one of them was really wasn't a match because it only lasted a couple minutes because they were taking on a very tired Pentagon Junior <laughs> and Ray Phoenix. But uh, at any rate, you got twenty almost a twenty five minute match. What are your thoughts on this match? Uh, regardless of whether their ring rust was legitimate or just uh, part of the gimmick of the match, part of the story of the match, they they pulled it off. Uh, there's a there's a um, it's all about perspective. There's a, a quote. Uh, that I've I've read somewhere. Uh, I think uh, I think it's Mr. Wrestling Six's better half who used to use it all the time. It's about Fred Astaire. Okay. Uh, and uh, Fred Astaire and his uh, was it Ginger Rogers, his famous dance partner. Yes. So I believe the quote was something to the effect of, you know, Fred Astaire is an amazing dancer, but Ginger Rogers does everything he does, but backwards and in heels, and. I felt that I feel the same way about these guys, uh, meaning the Young Bucks, in this match because not only do they have to go out and perform, 
But if they're if they're doing it as a storyline to kind of add another layer to the match, then they're acting like they're ring rusty. Do you know how hard it is to fucking wrestle like they do to begin with against opponents like the Lucha, like Brothers, Lucha Brothers, right? But then also purposely fuck shit up so that it, <laughs> that it looks like they have ring rust. Yeah. How fucking difficult is that? So. Kudos to those guys. I know. I know. Not uh, all of our listeners are young Bucks fans, but hey, they uh, they did a hell of a job. And you know, it's I was I was explaining to somebody um, before the the event. I was like, look, if you're not a young Bucks fan, or you feel like they've peaked and they keep doing the same old shit, they're gonna surprise you. They're always going to fucking surprise you. They're one of those tag teams that you just completely... It depends who they're fighting. If they're up against uh, a tag team like the Lucha Brothers, guess what? The Lucha Brothers are going to bring shit from a different style, from a different part of the country, and the Bucks are going to have to react to it. And those, those two guys, they're all about the one-up. Yeah. You know, you just put me in a fucking super Canadian destroyer. Well, guess what? I'm going to do something else to top that. Yeah, right off the apron, too. Right off the apron. So, uh, for me, this goes. This is one of those matches that uh, was the perfect storytelling all along. Or a perfect example of, of good storytelling meets, meets a great wrestling match. Because they really built it up as the ring rust situation. And... Uh, there's a lot of spots where you know we you 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 look at it like man it's kind of a slower match. Again, the the commentators picked it up, and this is why. Again, they're telling the story. Yep. Whether they they have the ring rush or not doesn't matter. They are they're showcasing the story, and you know it, it took them a while. It took them a while. There was this is this was not one of those classic young buck matches that you you're probably expecting, but uh, it was a very good. Uh, match overall because it was um, it's good storytelling. It was something a little different than what we've seen before. Again, both both teams took each other to the limit, absolutely to the limit. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see the Young Bucks retain. I was talking to Mr. Wrestling Six. I was like, "What this sounds like is that AEW will probably be a factor into uh, Russell." Or sorry. Into uh, Triple Mania, because that's that's how long I think they're going to keep those titles. Wow! Um, and I, I hope they do because again, if you're going to be in bed with another company, why not uh, keep those titles until you know something important comes? Yeah, along. yeah. Uh, as far as the Lucha Brothers, there's not anything I can say about them that hasn't already been said before. One of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, they are absolutely on on a fucking tear. Uh, since last year, and uh, just a hell of a back and forth match. I was uh, I was not surprised to see the Young Bucks retain. I was I was a little I was, uh, there was a part of me that was a little bit, but uh, I think it's good for the for the business. I think it's good to, that you have somebody AEW still holding on to another couple of these titles, especially when that company is immediately in bed with them right now yeah. and doing business with them. It's a win-win for everybody, I think. And I think, uh, why not keep it until Triple Mania? Which, if you think about it, it's not that far away. No, it's not. Not at all. And, uh, you know, it's summer of them showcasing those titles and then dropping them yeah. at Triple Mania. Yep, so, yep. 
good business, man. Good business. Great fucking match. Really fun match. And that was a way to kind of speed things up a little bit after uh, that very emotional roller coaster we saw in, in uh, match prior to that. And it leads to the final match of the night, the main event. Uh, winner of this match, by the way, will get a shot at the a future shot at the inaugural AEW World Championship. The match is Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. This is part two. This is part two. What did you think? I, I love the exploration of that WWE versus New Japan style. I think that's the tip of the iceberg for something like that. Yeah. And um, I think it was well-deserving to be the main event. And they put on one hell of a show. I'm not crazy about Chris Jericho's uh, new finisher. Oh, God. His his AEW exclusive finisher. Uh, it definitely needs work if he's going to stick to it. Uh, I, I don't know what it... When it comes to Jericho and his decisions, like, the way he reinvents himself, dude, I'm 99% all about it, but this fucking finishing move just blows ass. It's just, it's a, it's an elbow. It's an elbow. It's an elbow. Yeah. And he's trying to sell it as an MMA elbow. Great. It's not working. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, that's the way the match fin- gets finished or whatever. And I, I think, to be honest with you, I think that, it helped that he he bloodied up Omega early on, especially via his nose, to uh, help sell that elbow later. Because I think without that injury, I don't think the elbow even goes over even a little bit. At least not for me. So, but uh, awesome fucking match. And I do hope they do it a third time. To get that tiebreaker out of the way, just not anytime soon, um, and hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get to see some some better stuff uh, next time. Not that this was <laughs> half-assed, but so I had a, I had my worries about this. I always have worries when it comes to Chris Jericho today, not of yesterday, because <laughs> uh, he's old. He is. He's old, and you know, as great as, uh, of shape that he's in, and as much as he's been, he's able to reinvent himself. He um he continues to uh, age. That's just kind of human nature there. So this was, and I, and I say that too because he made a, he made a very good point. And at first I'm, I'm I'm listening to it and it's like what are you what are you fucking talking about? You know he mentions him coming to AEW and how you know people people knew him from the Attitude Era. They knew him from WCW. They know him from this. And they say, oh, okay, what's who's Chris Jericho fighting? Oh, Kenny Omega. What's Kenny Omega all about? And I'm thinking to myself, like, are you fucking kidding me? But like, <laughs> must be living under a rock. But you know what? There are those wrestling fans that that happen. You must be living under a rock with access to the WWE network. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, just uh, make sure you get your subscription through us. Twenty X Twenty Crew dot com slash podcast. Slash WWE Network. That's all one word. There actually is a Kenny Omega match on there. Just one. Yeah, just one. Uh, you gotta you gotta go to the uh, hidden gem section. But uh, but anyways, um, I get it. I get what he's saying. You know, not everybody knows who Kenny Omega is. So this is a way for people to get exposure, if you will. And I and I, and I appreciate that I, that 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 mentality. But now here you are. You're 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 up against. Kenny Omega, how the hell do you compete with somebody who's at the top of their game? And for Chris Jericho, 
You don't. You hang with them. Yeah, you hang with them. That's all you can do. And that's why I love the fact that they went scrappy with this. You know, you saw Jericho bop Omega on the nose and, and you know, and, and play it up. I'm not saying that was necessarily done on purpose, but you got the scrappy, roughneck style, you know, sometimes hardcore aspect of the match. Because at the end of the day, this isn't going to be Jericho versus Omega. This is not, this is not Omega versus Lionheart. This isn't Omega versus Y2J anymore. This is Omega versus almost 50-year-old Chris Jericho. It, it was very reminiscent of the approach during the uh, Omega versus Tanahashi match. Yeah. You know, let's face it. Old man Tanahashi, he, he, he can't. You just can't hang right. with someone who's as young as Omega and, and on top of his game. Right. There's just no fucking way. So what do you do? You scrap with him. You scrap with them, and and you know there were there were a lot more live uh, live rounds going off in that match because there was some beef there, but nonetheless, <laughs> same kind of match. I never never knew, noticed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Chris Jericho is a guy. The reason why he's a stand, he stands out as one of the best because he's able to adapt to that style. He's able to adapt to whatever he needs to adapt to get the match over and the crowd involved. And uh, overall. I I had Jared because of the stipulation and because Adam Page winning it tonight or the night before or that night I should say with Adam Page winning it that night I had Chris Jericho actually beating Kenny Omega plus it makes sense because now you have a chance an opportunity for a rubber match which I agree don't do it right away but you know now Chris Jericho again spoiler alert he wins Chris Jericho versus Adam Page I'm not saying Chris Jericho isn't capable of being world champion for AEW. What I see is Chris Jericho doing the ultimate job for Adam Page. Yeah, I, I, for me, I think if you're going to get off on the right foot with me personally, you're, you're giving that belt to Adam Page. If you don't... It's his time. Yeah. It's if just, you don't, I've, I've got a serious bone to pick with you. <laughs> Uh, but his uh, his his uh, victory is short lived because out of the crowd comes the one and only John Moxley, and he proceeds to DDT Chris Jericho, and then he DDTs Paul Turner, the referee, and then he. Who else surprised that was there? By the way. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I I called it. I I was talking to Mister Wrestling Six. And, yeah, uh, I think that was. Uh, that included you as well. I, I had I stated like, yeah, he's probably going to show up, but I had him going and being the replacement for the Page uh, versus Pac match. Okay. So, but then they just went ahead and did the match a week early in the UK, and then just had him do the the Battle Royal. But uh, I had him showing up nonetheless. I didn't think it was going to be in that manner. And uh, what a hell of a way to, to make a statement right right off the bat. So there you go. You have another guy who is, has put himself, uh, much like MJF, has put himself up up there at the top of the ranks already with the company I mean, by, by coming in and wrecking shop. Immediately goes after Jericho and, and uh, Paul Turner destroys Kenny Omega. Yeah, through the table. Through the table. That I mean, was already broken, which had to hurt even fucking worse. I don't know where they got those tables that night, but they were weird. They weren't were they? weird. <laughs> it just looked painful. Not that it feels good to go through any table, yeah. but it just that one seemed like extra painful. 
that was one hell of a surprise. I mean, we, we kind of figured John Moxie was going to show up at some point, but not in the main event. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a great it was it's great you know John uh, yeah I keep wanting to call him Dean Ambrose John Moxley <laughs> uh, John Moxley now being a part of AEW he had a great promo and he says something very important that pretty much represents this entire show it is a paradigm shift that's what you can call this a paradigm shift and that's exactly what's what's happening right now. The tides of war are, are turning, man, and and AEW is after this show has put themselves as a front runner to take over the wrestling business. Looking back, you know, I, I've said it in past episodes. Looking back, especially at the whole NWO thing, you always have that one talent or one team that ventures out and creates that paradigm shift and it's not it's not intentional it just happens organically always and for back when the nwo thing sparked it off everybody thinks it's hall and nash no it wasn't hall and nash in this instance with the aew hall and nash that was like the elite guys Mm. the true paradigm shifter here is John Moxley. Yeah. Back in the NWO fiasco, it was Sean Waltman. The yeah. moment he left and he showed up as six for WCW, that was it. That it 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 grew a whole nother level on a whole nother plateau and you were like, Holy shit, this is something gigantic. Right. So for me, that's who John Moxley is. And he has already made waves by announcing he's going to show up in New Japan as well. <laughs> so he's yeah. he's pulling double duty right right off the bat. And uh, kudos to him, man. It's a long time coming. I can't I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he does for both companies. You know, he says he's awakened now. You know, this is it. I'm super excited to see what the future holds for him. And again, you know, it's it's like taking the chains off of him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, we talked about CCW and all that shit. But Another guy who he didn't come on and say he escaped from prison. He actually showed it in a promo video. Yeah, he escaped yeah. from prison. I mean, just absolutely just the incredible uh, incredible finish to, to the show with John Moxley. Kudos to everybody on this card. Yeah. Everybody on this card. Uh, we talked about the announced team, you know, Alex Marvez, Excalibur, Jim Ross. Do your job, Alex Marvez. Do, do, he needs to do a better job for sure. Uh, Excalibur, he's a guy that absolutely knows the business. Jim Ross obviously knows the business. There was no bickering. There was no sibling rivalry. No, and, and <laughs> even when there was, like, little pot shots taken, you know, like, JR was doing it to himself. Yeah. You know, the whole, like, oh, finally some names I can actually pronounce and, you know, comments like that. Like, dude, that's that's very big of him to do that. Right. You know, very big of him. You know, it's 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 exciting. It's, you know, <laughs> there's another guy, Justin Roberts. You know, see him back in, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a big role. I mean, just one, an amazing voice. To see Earl Hebner refereeing, yeah, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> you know, not only that, but they they have they're the first to bring a female referee to a big event. Yeah, no, no more NXT for her, you know, or the shit like that. 
Aubrey, Eber, Aubrey Edwards, the female referee you saw that night. Again, we saw Paul Turner. We saw Rick Knox, uh, Bryce Rumsberg, some names that you may or may not know if you pay attention to referees. Uh, I do yeah. sometimes. But um, an incredible fucking way to start off your company. And uh, you didn't see, we, haven't, we didn't even see everybody that's been signed. Right, yeah, and right. That's, that's that's the thing. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful way to showcase a lot of your talent, whether they're part timers or full timers. Um, Jericho and Omega, by the way, they go twenty seven minutes. We didn't get to see any one winged angel in this match, but uh, we did see some V triggers. So I got my my fix with that. <laughs> uh, my only gripe was the, the the Jericho finisher. I mean, I just it's an elbow. Yeah. And I get elbows are are devastating, and they could knock you out. But I don't know. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not so. buying it. But overall, man, I mean that is double or nothing, and it's it's coming on, man. David Bixen Bixen Span said it best. If you're not familiar, he writes for Deadspin.com. Uh, he's one hell of a a wrestling columnist. He definitely knows his shit. You can catch him on the Between the Sheets podcast, which is a hell of a wrestling podcast, by the way. And uh, he he said it best. You know, he he wrote up a column for Deadspin and, and basically said he nitpicked the show because that's all he could really do. <laughs> it was that great of a yeah. show that all he could do was nitpick about this and that. And that's how I felt. I felt like you know what? That's what I'm doing. I'm at this point. I'm just splitting hairs. Yeah, that's all I can do because it was such a fucking <laughs> great wrestling show. You know, you have you have people that have come to me and and have said, you know, this is this is legit, this is a legit thing. You know, we compared it briefly to Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank didn't have to suck. It didn't, and it, you know what? <laughs> I, if I were those those seven guys in that final match, I would be super fucking pissed because all my hard work. Don't get me wrong, I understand putting people over is part of the business, but right. all my fucking hard work went to a fucking shithead who's now going to hold some fucking title hostage and have his way all over again. And let's make one thing clear. For for those who are listening, because I know you, you listen, and I know you know who you are, and who are still saying that AEW is going to be one and done, or they're going to be bought out sooner than later, and this and that. First of all, you don't know shit about what you're talking about. <laughs> Who is you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck is Vince going to be able to afford this company anyways? He can't yeah, barely afford it, his own company. Either either that person is uh, just blatantly ignorant, or um, they're just a troll. Either way... It's not, it, it is uh, it's very much they got the uh, these people have the uh, Vince McMahon dick in their mouth and wow. uh, that's what it is because if, if look I'm not telling you you're, you're supposed to like AEW but I, I guarantee you for those out there who have seen it and absolutely still hate it that's fine but if your reason is because of stupid things like there was too much blood or too much blood or it was a, a rip off of WWE. I don't see how it was a rip off of WWE. You know what? Uh, there's speaking of too much blood. Um, we got to do we got to do an episode about the Muda scale. Okay. Definitely, we got to do it. That's something I've always wanted to do with you. Is is an episode about the Muda scale? 
Speaking of too much blood, too much too blood. Much, There's much never blood. enough blood. How dare you? Because of all the research that we've done and, and, and with head injuries and this and that. Guys, 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 guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this is pro wrestling. There's an old, old saying about pro wrestling, and I'll repeat it right now. This ain't ballet. If you can't fucking handle it, watch something else. Yeah. Watch, stick, hey, Raw's on every Monday night, USA Network. You can watch that shit show all you fucking want. Yeah, they don't bleed on there. You can save <laughs> AEW for people that want to actually watch something different. Yeah. And the thing is, this isn't a hardcore wrestling company. It's not, it's not like you're going to see blood all the time. It's just sometimes blood's a necessary evil to yeah. kind of exaggerate the story, if you will. It, it, it's something that <laughs> a lot of people did. Um, but anyways, if you saw it and you liked it, great. If you didn't like it, let us know why. I'm, I'm curious to know why because you're not wrong for not liking something. You're really not. I mean, it, it is it is truly fine. But I'm curious to know why why wouldn't you? Yeah, because like that was a good fucking show. Because even 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 WWE marks have just been like, man, this one right here, probably. I I I even got it from a few better than WrestleMania. Wow. I was like, boom, they did wow. it. They did it. I mean, this this had everything. This had the storytelling. This had the great wrestling. It it had the pop circumstances. Yeah. It had all that shit. You know, you had fancy entrances and all that stuff. It wasn't like it was just. A low budget wrestling show. I mean, they put in the effort to it. So, yeah. this was it, was it was great from beginning to end. It was well booked. Um, apparently, uh, Tony Khan was doing was working gorilla for a good chunk of this of the show, and this is his first time doing it. So, hats off to him. I mean, getting his getting his hands dirty and, yeah. and doing things where, you know, and it wasn't because he wanted you know he had to be there like a Vince McMahon thing. It was. Your your executive vice president, they got shit to do that night. They're going to wrestle that night. So yep. it's like, they got shit to do. So he he rolled up his sleeves and he fucking did it. And he and he, and he booked it well. I mean, if uh, they actually had 11 minutes to spare. So they couldn't nice. have gone longer. Yeah, very you know, nice. There was no issue like you saw with All In where, you know, that uh, they had to rush things. I mean, having the extra hour helps too. You know, but uh, overall... Double or nothing, man, it is going to go down as one of those shows that if I make it to be old and gray, I'm never going to forget tonight, that night. Yeah. That was, it was that amazing of a show. You know, I'm never going to forget that Cody Dustin match. I I get to go back and watch (laughs) it with my daughter. She has not seen it yet. She's, uh, she's still on vacation. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait. I can't. I already told her. I'm like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I, I definitely can't wait to watch it again. And I will probably ball my eyes out all over again. Especially with, even for me now that I know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. Yeah. I'm already crying. You know. <laughs> so, but. Um, yeah. Let us know. Let us know what you think of the show, and um, you can do that via social media. Twenty X Twenty Crew. Dot com is our home on the web. You can find us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. We are also on Twitter. Tweet us at Twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Of course, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our main page. 
and then come join us. Come actually talk to us in our um, private group there on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk is where you can find us uh, chit-chatting about all kinds of stuff, not just AEW's double or nothing. And um, you can always email us. Email us too at 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being. And uh, of course there's YouTube, which we are... Uh, we're I am cons- constantly battling YouTube about getting our shit posted correctly. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's show length or what the hell's going on, but uh, that is why we're so behind on on our YouTube. But uh, worry not, it will be regulated, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube will get you there, where we have the following contest, and that is our YouTube-exclusive content. There's bonus episodes. You get to hear us talk more about wrestling. About wrestling. Fantasy booking, all kinds of shit. So, there you have it. I think we even booked a, a, a match with the Vanilla Gorilla over there, Mr. Brock Lesnar, against Taz. So, uh, you can check that out. I know that's up for sure. Yeah. That was a fun one, too. It was. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week. And uh, we sincerely hope you enjoyed AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. I don't know what else to say, so... Yeah, I mean, it's... Do uh, you want to do it this week? I'll do it this week. <laughs> I'll do it this week. Um, Partners, it's good to have you back. It's yeah, good to see you, man. I, mean, I missed you. Always. I missed you, too. Nothing, but, uh, you know, we're a bunch of, bunch of pansies. We miss each other. But uh, We love you, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota is great. It's uh, very, it's, it's definitely a cool state. Um, man, I'm still... I, there's so much... I need so much more rest because I'm so exhausted after Double or Nothing. I'm just emotionally drained. So that's going to do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been a fantastic audience. And until next week, we will see you in the ring. See you in the ring, El Fantasmat. <laughs> Retire here. You don't get that. Because I gotta ask you a favor. In front of God and the whole world. Before AEW was a thing, before we filled this place up, it was me, it was Kenny, it was Matt, it was Nick, it was Tony. And I put my name on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match that I put my name down on? It was myself and a partner of my choosing. Against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. But Dustin, I don't need, I don't need a partner. 
I don't need a friend. I need my 